going on, everyone? All we're right, live. We're here. We're, we're back. Give me one second. I'm press record. All right. The fireside chat is online. Except this week, we are not near a fire. It's uh, rather rainy in the Chicago land area this this day today. So we uh, we had to move inside of Burks' garage here with his beautiful uh, homemade outdoor bar. Yeah. And um, we got, of course, the handmade ashtray here as well. And uh, we got some, some good good things going on this week. Uh, our bourbon of choice is uh, a really special one. This is the 2020 edition of the George T. Stag from the uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection yearly release 2020, like I said. This sucker clocks in at a 130.4, I think it was 0.4 proof. 65% and change alcohol, which is just a massive, massive cask strength um, bourbon. And uh, this is the first year I was able to purchase anything from the antique collection. And this was the one, and I'm, I'm really, really excited to try it. I've, I've never had the Stag before. I've had uh, the Stag Junior, which is a more common, but still fairly uh, sought after, younger version of this guy. And if you're not familiar with the antique collection, there's five bottles in it. It comes out once a year. You've got the George T. Stag. You've got the Eagle Rare 17. A little deceptive on that one. This year's was 18 and a half years old, but still labeled in the in the 17-year bottle. Uh, the Sazerac 18, the Thomas H. Handy, and of course, uh, what's you know essentially widely regarded as one of the finest bourbons on the planet, the William LaRue Weller. But these these antique collection bottles are all routinely special. They're all routinely fantastic. And uh, I've never never tried the stag before, so we're gonna go with that. We've got a Java Mint cigar to go with it. Uh, yep. Again, courtesy of Mr. Burks here. Thank you for the stick. No problem. Uh, I'm smoking a uh, 708 Chocolate Mint. There you go, so we're both on mints, just a different variety. Yes. Um, and then we've got some tequilas, do you wanna Talk about what we got sitting up here. So I have uh, the Don Filano. Filano. Um, that is one that I showcased earlier this week. You know, for the price of being around $70, $75, I mean, it's absolute great value. Uh, very strong caramels in there. You know, it's absolutely delicious. Highly recommend that. And then the Villa One was the uh, highlight bottle of the, two, uh, the Table Bottle Tuesday of this week. Um, that is the one that is partially owned by um, by Nick Jonas and one of his business partners. Uh, it that's is this one. Yes, that's that one. Um, is not as good as the Don Falona. Falona, however you spell it. I'm sorry. Falano. Uh, sorry, yeah. tongue twister right now. But um, it's not as good. But it is a great bottle if you're looking to. You know, just have something you can put out on the table for friends to drink, you know, company to drink. You don't want them to to be uh, to be all drinking up all your good stash. shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put that out. It's a nice bottle for for you to share with everyone. Um, but the Don Falano, you can probably put that out, but I I would probably keep that to myself and have it for select pours of people. Um, it's not like George C. Stag. George C. Stag. That was my bottle. 
it would just be myself and yourself drinking that. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this is one <laughs> that it gets put in the back of the cabinet and it's, it's brought out on special occasions right oh, alongside yeah. any of the Pappy Van Winkle or any of that that we, that we sampled last week. But it, you know, it just, it seemed right. You know, if we did the Pappy last week, you know, the Van Winkles last week, we got to get into the antique collection. And, you know, this is my bottle from the antique collection this year that I'm, I'm excited about because I've never tried it before. So it, it's, it's something that I've been really looking forward to. So, so here we are. And, uh, Cheers to our viewers. Who do we got while I take my first sip? Who's, who's with us? Right now we have um, Sergeant Mo. Welcome, Mo. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we have Agave Tequila Mar uh, Margarita. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Mark Hurd, Iron Claw 65 is watching, uh, tuning in. Dwayne is back. All right, um, Dwayne. Yeah, so he's in. Um, I'm pretty sure... We have a couple other guys that are going to join us, a couple of the regulars that are going to join us, um, but they were expecting 515. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a late start with the weather change and yeah, change of venues. Yeah, so you know we have a Christmas tree for you guys to look at, though. Yeah, huge Christmas tree my wife needed to have. Burks climbed up that tree and put those lights on all by himself. Uh, <laughs> don't tell them a lie like that. <laughs> Well, you know, the one, this neighborhood that we're in, and by the way, this bourbon, which I just sipped while you were talking, is fantastic. The mouthfeel on it is beautiful. The burn is uh, there for sure. It's 130 something proof bourbon, but it's not any, by any stretch of the imagination, what you would think it would be at that proof level. It is, you know, for 130 proof, just beautifully smooth. And, you know, really just can't recommend this enough. You know, it's one of those that's it's a unicorn. It's impossible to find if you're lucky to get it. You know, there are people that pay, you know, a crap ton of money uh, on the secondary market for this for this bottle. That's, you know, that's not my vibe, but, you know, I got lucky enough to buy one at, at my local store here. And, you know, thank you to them for hooking it up. I don't want to shout their name out in this episode because they'll get inundated with calls. They do not have any left. <laughs> it's, it's gone. But, um... You know, this is one of those bottles that you spend all year buying bourbon and hope you're lucky enough to have a chance to get at the end of the year. So, oh yeah. Cheers to our viewers. Cheers, guys. Let's take a sip of this as well right now. See how he oh. likes it. It's just magnificent. There's oh, absolutely yeah, amazing. There's nothing else that can be said. It, it's fantastic. So, yeah. You know. Uh, this bottle, it'll last me because I'm going to drink it slowly, but it is going to be, it is going to be consumed. It's just too good to let it sit there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's your, you said that you have gotten uh, two this year, right? Um, yeah, I, I ended up having two. I got lucky, but, um, you know, this is, uh, this is just one of those that you, you get as many as you can get. Oh, yeah. You hang on to them. You hang on to them. So we had, you know, last week we had a lot of success. A lot of new viewers came in. We, we did a, a real, really fun conversation about sports. We were talking about the Bears. We were talking about uh, the Bulls and Michael Jordan and LeBron James and all that stuff. We had a good, good couple days this week in, in Chicago sports. We had uh, the White Sox picked up a couple of players. Adam Eaton is back, which is pretty crazy. Nice. Um, and then they, they traded for Lance Lynn, which he's had a bit of a renaissance, this guy. Right? He, 
Had a couple of pretty rough years. The Yankees signed him a couple years back as a, or maybe traded for him, I can't remember, as a back of the rotation kind of stability arm. He did okay. Mm -hmm. He got knocked around a little bit in a couple of starts. But this particular season, he actually came all the way back and was, strangely enough, one of the top pitchers in baseball all season. You know, he's a bigger guy. He's got a lot of weight on his frame. It's, it's kind of interesting to me to see what he's going to do with the long haul of the season at his age. You know, if they you know, get a full season in this one, you know, what do you make, 12, 13 starts? I mean, you get into yeah. the 20, 22 start range, the body, you know, especially when you're not in the greatest of shape like some of these older guys, <laughs> it starts to break down a little bit. You know what, Lance Lynn, he started with the Cardinals. I'm a Cardinals fan, huge Cardinals fan, as you guys know. Um, he started with the Cardinals. He did great his first two or three seasons there. Um, he became a solid pitcher, solid number three, number four. Uh, but the thing with Lance Lynn was he's always a fast starter. Yeah. And then when it comes to, you know, second half of the season, he falls off a cliff. Yeah. And I, I get the, the White Sox going for that. I mean, if he, if he gives them – 12 or 15 really solid starts and then breaks down at the end, he's not really a guy that you're relying on in the playoffs, you know, at that point. You know, you're down in the playoffs to, what, three starters, four starters? Yeah. He won't be that guy. No. You know, they've got guys for that. Oh, yeah. You know, but if he can get you those extra six, eight, ten wins over the course of a season, 12 wins, whatever, that's a solid pickup for them. And I, I definitely like it. You know, yeah. I think he'll – and a lot of these high-end pitchers, they don't have fast starts. You right. Know, you look at a lot of the bigger names in baseball, it takes them until that weather starts to warm up in order to really get there. So, you know, I think that's a pretty pretty wise move for them. A pretty wise move because they've got a window now. They're they're going to be a pretty solid team in that in that AL Central this year, if not the number one. You know, right up there with the Twins. You know, the Twins are the tough one to beat. Um, I'm a Yankee fan personally, but it's fun to watch Chicago sports and and uh, yeah. and do all that. Well, we have a uh, Sergeant Mo is a an LA fan. He's Lakers, Dodgers, Raiders. I mean, well, of course, you know Raiders are in Las Vegas right now, but you know they still are an LA team. You know, but but to your point, you know, I really think that. They can get past Minnesota this year. Yeah, I think so. You know, Minnesota's window, you know, again, these teams all have windows. You know, the guys, they, they don't last forever. You know, you're not going to have seven, eight, ten good years in a row anymore. Right. And Minnesota's three or four years into that now at this point. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, well, they, had, they had Kenta Maeda, who was, I mean, and Sergeant Mo, you'll know, you know Kenta Maeda. From him being with the Dodgers, and he was he was good there, and then he completely fell off and went to their bullpen. But also, Dodgers have a completely stacked rotation as it is anyway. But then he went to Minnesota. He had you know a, a damn near Cy Young year, but I don't see that happening again. You know, and with one more year of growth with from um, from you know from all these young guys. I mean, especially Luis Roberts. I mean, that kid just absolutely crushed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he didn't even have a full uh, full um, spring training. Yeah, you're right. And, and what I like, honestly, what I like the most, as, as a Yankee fan, what I like, I use the comparison a lot. The White Sox this year were supposed to essentially be where the Yankees were like two years ago, which is 
mm-hmm. just a year off, and now they've had that year, and I think the White Sox are poised to really compete. I think, I mean, baseball is just so stacked now. The talent level across the league is just obscene. You yeah. Know? And it's going to be really hard. Whatever team wins, it's going to be really a tough battle to see them go. Could you toss your lighter over here, man? Toss it on this side, because my, my stick went out. I'm always losing my lighter. What the fuck? There it is. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, we have. uh, What a year Abreu would have had, would have had if a full year. Absolutely. You know, he still won the AL MVP, but I mean, that dude crushed in just a an abbreviated season. Yeah. So just imagine what he would have done in a full season, you know, with a full spring training. Oh. You know. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, uh, baseball's my number one sport. I'm a huge football fan. I'm a huge hockey fan. Baseball's always been my number one. It's nearest and dearest. And I, you know, count the days until the magical moment when pitchers and catchers report spring training. It's always, it's always the best, one of the best days of the year. You start seeing those guys get out of their cars and get into the locker room, and, and you know it's, it's on. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Iron Claw asks, do you think the DH rule is here to stay? So, Major League Baseball has sent a memo to all National League teams saying you need to prepare as though there will be no universal DH this year. A decision has not officially been reached, but baseball is advising teams to build their rosters as though the National League will not have a DH. So, the writing is on the wall a bit that it's going to go back to what it was. I had personally a lot of fun with the rule changes this year. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love that extra inning man on second thing. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the double headers ending after seven were fantastic. I like that too. You know, Major League Baseball over the years has not gotten a lot right. Yeah. But taking the opportunity this year to experiment with some things because the season was a mess and you didn't know what was going to happen and games were going to get canceled and shuffled around. They really took it to the fullest and had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching those games. You know, those double double headers at seven innings. I mean, that was amazing. That was a lot of fun. And there's some tweaking and some interesting things they can do. But, you know, I think uh, I think it's questionable whether whether the DH rule is going to be here this year. I, I would tend to lean towards no based on what I've heard. You know, I personally, I try to um, – I'm more of a baseball purist. So personally, I want to see it. I want to see pitchers hit, you know, and I want to see that you know that one nothing game. I know it's boring. I know that it it sucks to watch as a casual fan or just a fan in general. But me playing the sport and being in that position, my man, I love to you know see two guys, two aces just go out there. Out. Yeah. yeah. Give me 17 strikeouts each. Let's go. You know, and, and the strategy comes into play. But I can definitely see how how much fun it is to watch, see the DH in there, see more home runs, um, see, you know, um, hold on, give me a second here. The other camera stopped. We're going to take a pause here because the other camera is full, so I had to delete some stuff. But you can keep going. I mean, but. Yeah, no, I mean, let's, let's, why don't you tell us, you know, if you're out there watching, and I know we've got, a, you know, a handful of people at least watching live, and then, you know, we tend to get a lot of people uh, 
uh, watch them after the show airs. But why don't you tell us what are, what are some of your favorite spirits? What are you what are you drinking out there? Yeah. What's that? What's you guys in... enjoy the whiskey content on here? Or, or where where are you tequila people at? What do you think of some of the stuff that Burks has has been posting about lately? Do you have any questions about any of these bourbons or tequilas that we can answer for you? Um, anyone have any thoughts? Just tune in right now because right now we're just uh, I got to get this stuff figured out. For some reason, this has uh, I've deleted a lot of stuff here. Do we think that uh, the Bears are going to fire their entire organization after the season? There's a good question. Yeah, I got to get that on camera because you know I have a rant about Nagy. <laughs> Nagy's your boy. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Skip Nagy. Who who all out there that's watching right now think that Nagy should keep his job? I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody believes this man. You know, they hired him to be an offensive guru. They hired him because they knew they had the defense in place. And he he's done nothing. He's literally done nothing. Yeah, um, There's six losses in a row right now. Is that what it is? Six? Five or six. It's too many. It's that's too many. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, my beloved New York Giants are on the verge of hosting a playoff game with a losing record. How about that? You know, knock on wood. You know, you're looking at a seven and nine or eight and eight team coming out of that NFC East and hosting a playoff game, which is absolutely absurd. But yeah. I'll take it. You know, if I get to watch one extra Giants game, I'll, I'll be a happy man. Dwayne said uh, they all have to go. And uh, have to go, Dwayne. I think I would completely agree. With yeah. You know, There's, they got to they they level that place. Just yeah. Completely level it. All right. Start from the ground up. Let's, so let's go back to the beginning of that topic. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to, as soon as he hits record on the other camera there, I'll talk a little bit about this Java Mint. Not a huge, not a huge, I'm talking about this Java Mint. I'm not a huge infused or flavored cigar guy in general. I like, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to cigars, but every once in a while, these are, these are a good, these are a good distraction. I really am enjoying this quite a bit. Goes pretty well with the whiskey. Um, I'd probably lean more towards a Maduro or something heavier with, with this real high proof, high end bourbon, but it's, it's delicious cigar. I definitely can't, I definitely can't lie. So let's go back to the bears. Burks, what are your thoughts, man? They're gonna they're gonna level this entire organization after the season. They have to. I mean, personally, they should have fired Nagy last season, in my thoughts. And then after you, when you call a freaking run play, when you should just do three running, three runs, punt, run out as much time as possible, that, that and and let your run, D. Run, punt, and the game is over. Right. They pass the ball and lost the game. They pass the ball on third down <laughs> at that. Like, what are you doing? It doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, you pass the ball on third down when they're when you fucking run two straight, you know, you have two straight runs. Why? What's the reason? None of it makes any sense. You know, if you're gonna pass the ball, pass the ball on first down and then run if you don't get anywhere. Yeah. I mean you were ahead. And the clock is winding down. And you have a killer defense. It just none of it made any sense. But a lot of people started clamoring for uh, Nagy or Nagy, however you pronounce his name, dumbass's name, to be fired right then and there. And you know, the one thing you gotta go back to is that the entire history of the Chicago Bears, they've never fired a coach 
midseason. It's not going to happen now. They're not going to start all of a sudden now. There's no reason to do it. The season is lost. They're not making the playoffs. They got to run out the clock now at this point. And, you know, see who's available in the offseason. And that's what's going to happen. My question is, who's going to want to come though? Like that's, you know, Sergeant uh, Sergeant Mo said, "I'll take Little Mac back, please." Of course, um, Dwayne says, "Black uh, bad clock management." Yes, one hundred percent bad clock management. Terrible, you know, worst clock management. You know, and then and then when you're on fourth down, first off, what was Glenn Robinson thinking? Like, hold on. This thing is full. Well, we should keep it going anyway. Even if yeah. We, even if we don't get the tape. It's oh, well. We can. Uh, yeah, none of it made any sense. I mean, you know, you talk about the, the, the phenomenon of a Monday morning quarterback, right? You're the guy that, you know, could have done it better, would have done it better, should have done it better. Everybody feels that way. But in this case, there's no logic behind passing the ball in the situation that they did. None. None. There, and and I don't honestly think it, I don't think it's made enough noise around the league that they did that. They cost themselves a game by doing the exact obvious opposite of the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. None of it made any sense. So you know we'll see. But I think Nagy is you know the, the whole. I mean honestly the whole front office and the coach everybody they're all going to be gone at the end of the year. I don't I don't see any way that they keep this going because this is not a team. That you can make a couple moves in the offseason and improve upon. No. It's just not. So you, I think it's done. There's nothing they could do to Excuse save me, this. By the way, while I suck every last drop of bourbon out of this glass, <laughs> it's just that good. It's fantastic. You know, the, the, the Buffalo Trace story is pretty crazy. You know, they make dozens and dozens of brands over there at that same distillery. Um, everything from your run-of-the-mill fireball to Blanton's, to Buffalo Trace itself, to the Antique, to Pappy, to E.H. Taylor, to, I mean, literally dozens and dozens of brands upon brands upon brands. Elmer T. Lee, you know, the Weller line, all of it. And what's insane, for those of you that are, that are a little bit new to the bourbon world and how bourbon is made, What's insane is they only have, for all those dozens of brands, three recipes. There's three mash bills that make dozens of bourbons. So the example would be, you know, your Eagle Rare, your, I mean, all these, they're made out of the same three recipes, dozens and dozens of bourbons. The difference is only really two things. Number one is how many years it's in the barrel. That's the obvious one, of course. You put a bourbon in a barrel for five years versus 15, it's gonna taste really different. Right. Know? The other one, though, is that they have these gigantic rickhouses with tens of thousands of barrels in each one, and there's a literal difference in the flavor of these bourbons based on, is it on floor three at the front of the building versus on floor four, floor four at the back of the building and that's really, I mean, it's, it gets down to that nuance. And what they have figured out with these antique collections and the Pappy and all this stuff is that, okay, if we want it to taste like this, we need to put it over here in this corner of the building for 15 years and it's gonna come out and it's always gonna taste the same. Yeah. Or close to the same. 
and it's a lot of these are blends, so they blend it to get it there. But you know, the Weller Special Reserve, which is the twenty, you know, twenty-something dollar bottle with the green label, versus William Larue Weller, which is one of the finest bourbons on the planet Earth, if not the finest bourbon on the planet Earth. That's the same recipe. It's the same. It's the same juice. It's just put in a different spot for a different amount of years. And that's what's really crazy. I mean, it depends how the sun hits the building and the humidity and the temperature and everything, they get it exactly perfect and they know how to do it. And that's, you know, that's the job of the master distiller whose taste buds and palate are just eons past anything that I would ever yeah. possibly figure out on my own. So it's, <laughs> it's crazy. They do it, they do it well. And you know, there's, there's a bunch of other great examples of that. Um, Four Roses is a famous one. They have 12 different recipes, OESF, OESB, OESQ, OESK, OBSF, which just goes on and on. You can take an OESF that was stored on the second floor versus the same OESF that was stored on the fourth floor. And the fourth floor one is the sweet spot and it's more sought after than the second floor. But meanwhile, you can really taste the difference. It's kind of crazy. So the bourbon, the bourbon phenomenon, the way that shit ages in the barrel, based on all these little factors that are all going on outside the barrel, mm -hmm. are it's it's pretty crazy. So, nice. Yeah, um, I think we've had a good run today. I, I don't, you know, this is a special bottle. I hope you guys all, you know, I would highly recommend if any of you guys are ever out there at a bar and you see really any bottle from the Buffalo Trace Buffalo Trace Antique Collection sitting on the bar, even if it's 30, 40, 50 dollars a pour, and you're a bourbon guy, I, I would recommend that you go get it, make it happen. It's worth the extra 25 bucks to have something that's just this magical and this, this fantastic. So go get it, enjoy your bourbon hunting, enjoy your tequila tasting, yeah. and we will, what do we have, one more show this year? We have one more. Um, we're either gonna do it here, if it's you know crappy out again, uh, or we're going to do it uh, down, at, by fire. You know, down by the fire. So uh, before we leave, anyone have any questions for us? Anyone have any comments about the Bears or, or uh, yeah, you know, oh, about these White Sox moves or anything? You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. All you guys that are watching this, we get hundreds of people watching this every week. You know, we're, we're really building a thing here, and we appreciate all you guys so much. You know, you've seen my Instagram, it's at Jason M. Rudolph. It's tagged in all these posts. You know the Tequila Lovers Anonymous thing. Don't ever hesitate to inbox us. You know, send us a DM, ask us a question, ask us where we found something, ask us our opinion on something. And if we don't get back to you on the DM, at minimum, we'll answer your question, we'll talk about it on the, on the show. Because we really appreciate all you guys, man. Everybody has really rallied around this thing. I mean, we had, you know, 200-something people that viewed this thing and watched it not just for 10 seconds. I mean, like, yeah. people watch most of the show. And we're looking at the stats, and we, we're blown away just by the fact that it's building every week, and it's, it's kind of becoming a thing. So we thank you all in a huge way for joining this fireside chat, even though today... Our fire is a <laughs> is a heater. This is the best fire we're gonna get here. Um, but it's not the last you'll see of the big fire pit. Um, we'll probably be back doing that next week because 
based on what I saw today, the weather looks like it's going to be okay next Friday. So nice. no rain, no snow. We'll be out there all winter long. We'll be doing it. But one more show for the rest of the year. We'll be back yeah. next Friday. And, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. And we'll see you, uh, we'll see you in a week. All right. Sounds great. Cheers. Thank you, everyone. Cheers.